0: So, Father, we want to thank you for what you're doing. Yes. Or oh, we want to say, Lord, finish complete in us, Lord, what you began. Yes. Well, spiritually, we are incrementally awake, incrementally aware of what we need to be aware of. In fact, what I want to talk about this morning is this idea that that what we're looking to obtain, what we're looking to orient, what we're looking to increase is, is, a, is a, 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 an orientation around an invisible realm, an invisible world, which is eternal. And so hopefully a bunch of scriptures are already springing to mind because this is what Paul is really referring to. He says, we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are seen are eternal. So there's two worlds. There's an invisible world and there's a visible world. There's a world that's temporary. It's like scaffolding on a building. It's there now, but it's going to be taken away. And it's only there in order that this other thing would be constructed. And so we are being awakened gradually. To a world that is beyond the sight of the natural eyes. Yes. We are being awakened to something that's invisible. So when we come in here and we worship. You know, for some people you're just singing the songs. Others are interacting with an invisible world. There are angels ascending and descending. There's a, there's a presence. There's an atmosphere. There's, you know, D- Diana talked about it. There was revelation in the air that came in and increases during worship. That's why... You know, you could be here 15 minutes in the worship and all of a sudden realize that, that wow, for the, last, uh, for the last 15 minutes you've been thinking about, you know, uh, anything but God, but all of a sudden you've, you've registered that, oh, I feel something now. So some people feel, experience, or are aware of that invisible world earlier than others. But this is the scripture that, that I actually looked it up because uh, there was, there's four of them primarily in the New Testament that talk about being awake. It seems that when I step back here, it gets worse. I don't know. I should come forward? <laughs> Ephesians 5, verse 14 says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Now, he's not talking to unbelievers here. He's talking to believers. But if you've been around this thing called the kingdom of God or church for any time, you'll realize that there are people who are oriented more towards the visible and there are people who are oriented more towards the invisible. Now, both are important. I mean, we have a room here. We have musicians. We have sound in the natural. We have preaching. We have scripture. We have... These things are in the natural. It's not that they're unimportant. Your behavior as a Christian is important. These are all invisible things. But what we realize as we mature is that they're made more powerful, more effective by our orientation around the invisible. And so I'm praying here even this morning. Father, let a spirit of revelation and the knowledge of you captivate our hearts God we want to be a people who can say with equal equal conviction of Paul that we do not look at the things which are seen. And Father I pray today God that uh, that this will be our goal God to be able to say with the same the same conviction the same confidence while we look not at the things which are seen for our citizenship is in heaven. So the Holy Spirit is asking this question. How real is the invisible world to you? Is it mystical? Is it a far off? Do you, how, how clearly do you see through that dark glass? Because, well, it says, you know, we see through a glass darkly. But some, some see apparently more than others. And, you, you know, you might say, well, I think they're just Pretending. I think they're pretending. I think they're accentuating. I think they're overplaying what it is that they see, because nobody can see that clearly. Well, that would be convenient, wouldn't it? If if nobody sees more than you, then you're good. You don't have to excel in this. But I want to take the the other track. I don't want to be in that lane that the Pharisees were in when Jesus was trying to tell them about the kingdom of God. And they say, You know, we were not born of fornication. We're fine. You know, we're, we have the law of Moses. And he said, No, no, no. You don't even know what you're talking about. And he said, Because you say you see, you're going to stay as you are. Your sin remains. Your condition will be unchanged so long as you don't, as you continue to hold on to the illusion that you see everything that's necessary to see. So, anyway. On the way here today, this imagery hopefully will speak to all of us. On the way here today, I saw this picture. And it was this, uh, the picture of a typical scene you might see on a National Geographic video of the Sahara Plains. And it's this scenario where the lions are creeping up and they're coming up, you know, they're looking for some food. And, you know, they, they sneak up. Eventually they, 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 they jump and they try and get a zebra or something. Well, what's interesting is the the orientation of the, the other zebras, right? They're all around. They're eating grass and everything. And, of course, as soon as the lions attack, everybody, like, just goes like crazy. Everybody, right? They're just going every which direction. But it's amazing how once one is caught, the other is like, whew, glad it wasn't me. And the next thing you know, they're, they're oriented in the, in the one second by this predator. And the next second, oh, grass. And they're back to chowing down on the grass. When just meters away, one of them is being devoured. Right? Not even dead. You know, the one lion's got him around the neck. And it's like this and it's still kicking. The other ones are already, you know, digging in. And, and from a human standpoint, we look at that and think, Wow. Like, how can you be that unaware? Like, like, and you start to think, you think, what an amazing amount of blindness. But what if our spiritual blindness? What if our condition as believers was not much more advanced, or it was, what if it was equivalent to humans to zebras? What if our awareness of the world around us was on an equal? Plain in terms of the difference. What if spiritual maturity was like humans looking at zebras, unaware of the world around them, quickly going back to life as it is, and not really posturing themselves to deal with the predator in their midst? I mean, think about this for a second. What if we were not so much awake as we thought? What if we were as dull in perceiving the world around us as these animals who are like, well, that's my cousin Vinny, but hey, sucks to be him. Right? I mean, you know, what if that, what if that were your child? And we we're humans, and you know, you know we're, we're there, and I mean, I'm not going to call it any names, but, but, you know, all of a sudden one of us was taken, and they're beaten, and the rest of us, yeah, well, let's have some donuts. Coffee and donuts, Anybody? just meters away, somebody is being eaten alive. Right. You think, unconscionable. Really. I'm praying today yes. that we'll come into an awareness that there is a predator, yeah. a lion, seeking whom he may devour. That there is an attack against the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters are being victimized by witchcraft, by slumber, by disease, by cancer. And these things are making, encroaching their way into into our family, into our lives. And we watch one afflicted by some disease or cancer. We pray and they die. But then we go on minutes later as though there was no predator that we could do anything about. And I'm praying that an orientation, a mindset will uh, come upon us. That we'll be awake to the fact that what if we could muster our resources? What if we could, what if we could come around? What if instead of going back to eating grass we could quickly run into the frame and instead of running away from that lion that of the 150 or 200 zebras that are there would go in with their teeth and their hooves because let me tell you that pack of lions that pack of lions would be nothing if if the zebras would go with one mind there would be nothing and you see that in other videos you see this thing where and I, I saw the one where it was the, the water buffalo, you know, and it's, I'm sure you may have seen it, but the water buffalo are a little more ornery. They're a little more, they have a, more of a sense of, I don't know, family or, or it's like, hey, he's one of ours. Hey, he's one of ours. And I, I remember seeing this one where this lion is unaware and the, the buffalo start coming in. I mean, they're, they're not so bold as to just run in, but there's like slow, are we in or no? Hey, guys, are we doing this or what? You know, it's like it takes a little while for them to get the courage because they know we got to go in as a group. If we go in solo, you know, could end up like Charlie there. But there is at least a sense of family enough, a sense of their, of, of their strength that we could do this. We could do this. And in, in the one occasion, you know, that, that sea lion was toast. And the next thing you know, I mean, it's being tossed, the lion is being tossed in the air as the water buffalo have freed their own from the grass with this predator and are reigning victorious. So the first start, the first point the, is being awake. Are we really awake? You know, if you go back to the classic, uh, you know, movie there, uh, The Matrix, you know, you have this 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 awareness that that there's a world and then there 's another world, there 's a real world, and then there 's the world that you 're born into, and being born again is is coming alive to realizing the world that I was born into is not the real world that w- the plane in which everything is being determined is not this plane. What it means to be a Christian is to be awakened com- out of that state of complete slumber where you suddenly realize that, hey, there's a dimension here that's dictating everything. Lord, I pray today, I pray today for the spirit of revelation to come upon us as people. That God, will stop giving lip service to scriptures. We'll stop looking at scriptures as a metaphor or an idea or a colorful illustration. That this is real. That this is real. That the plane on which this is being played out is the spirit realm. So... How awake are we? How asleep are we? I mean, this is the real, the real question. Now, I, I don't know if it's a good time to tell a joke, but I'm going to tell a joke. So, anyway, it's, it's this. Uh, this uh, two old ladies are. And by the way, you know, I just used my senior discount for the first time in Hawaii. Went to Denny's and 55 plus. It's like, wow, I can order off the old people menu. I'm going to this thing today, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, these two old ladies are driving. Bernice and and, and Darlene. Bernice and Darlene are driving down the road. Bernice is driving, and Darlene is sitting in the passenger seat. All of a sudden, Darlene thinks, hey, I, I think we just went through a red light. And I, I, you know, She's just thinking about it, and she's I want, I did we really just go through a red light? And all of a sudden, boom, they go through another red light. And she's thinking, she's thinking I, I, th- I think we just went through another red light. And sure enough, they go through a third red light. And Darlene, Darlene says to Bernice, Bernice, did you know we just went through a red light? And, and Bernice looks at her and says, Oh, am I driving? <laughs> now It's a good thing we don't have anybody named Bernice or Darlene here. <laughs> but we realize that that our, our intuitive capacity to take in the world around us is always in flux, right? It's always in a stage of growth or erosion, right? As you get older, it's, it's starting to erode. But when, you, when you're young and you're coming in, you're, you're awakening to the world around you. Your depth perception is increasing. And I, I told that story a few years ago, but I remember when I was a, about five years old, we, we were... One of the few things we were allowed to do by ourselves... Actually, no, we went everywhere by ourselves. (laughs) We were going up to the pool, and and I didn't have any money, but one of my friends went to the store, and and I went to the store, and I decided I was going to steal a chocolate bar. Uh, I don't know why, but I just thought... There was this one chocolate bar that was on the ground, and somehow, right underneath the shelf of all the other chocolate bars, I thought, that's the one that is the, the victim. It's alone. And so I go over there, and I stand up against the wall next to the chocolate bar, and I uh, the 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 cashier is like four feet away. <laughs> and not only that, she's facing my direction. But I think she is so busy putting things through the till, There's no way she's going to notice me. I'm like right there. So I'm, you know, looking as guilty as you can imagine, and I go down, and I grab it, and I put it in the... The, the, the waistband of my bathing suit, and I go to go out, and sure enough, she nabs me just right on the threshold of the door. And I think, how did you know? Because to a child, your, your sense of what can be observed is limited. Because you only observe a small increment of the world around you, you really don't know that anybody has a depth of perception beyond what you do you just don't so when mom knows what you're doing like how does she keep finding out right you, the kids are like how did you know and it's like it is so obvious when you're an adult when kids are pretending or lying or you know doing things it's like it's like but the kids have no comprehension that that amount of vision is possible what if spiritual maturity was the same What if people could perceive your heart in a way that you could never even imagine perceiving your heart? I mean, this was what Jesus presented. We always say, oh, don't judge. You don't know their hearts. Well, actually, the intention of maturity is that you begin to see more before. Well, what determines how much you see? How much you've actually seen into your own heart. That's what increases your vision. Your willingness to see yourself enables you to clearly see the world around you. And so one of the ways you could actually graph spiritual maturity is the way you respond to light. So it was kind of refreshing when Di was sharing about the love of God this morning. She said, what happened to me this morning? As the presence of God came in the room, as the love of God began to fill the room as I suddenly realized that I had a hardness of heart against a person. I want to I submit to you this, that that is the path, that be, being able to see that you have unforgiveness, being able to see that you resent people, being able to see that you're not disposed, well, they're just not my type of person. No, 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 your heart is hard toward them. That's why you don't like anything they say. That's why their voice annoys you. That laugh that you hate so much, it's actually your hardness of heart that makes that laugh unpalatable. Yeah, but they have this thing about them. They may have that thing about them, but what makes it aggravating and irritating is your heart. And so we've been invited into this world that you could, I could only depict as being a, the state of being completely awake, entirely cognizant, fully aware. Well, how, how aware? Let me tell you how aware. I have a prophetic gift, and I see some things, but I don't see as much as others. And I have experienced higher versions of prophetic revelation and lower versions. I've been in scenarios where I've been in a meeting like this meeting and suddenly a curtain was drawn back and I could see the room. Well, what do you mean by see the room? I could see the condition of people's lives. I could feel their experience. I could feel their hearts. I mean, with a clarity that could describe what they were wearing. And I wasn't universal, but I remember hearing a, 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 a testimony from Bobby Connor. I many you even know Bobby Connor is a prophet of some, some stature. And he talks about being in this anointing, where the room he says suddenly opens and he can see everyone. You think, well, that's just a semantic use, you know, sort of uh, what do you call it? a hyperbole for for an insight that's subtle, because I have never experienced anything more than this subtle opening. Therefore, nothing beyond what I've experienced could even be possible, says the proud man. Because I am the measure, after all, right? My vision is the measure of ultimate. Nobody possibly could see more than me. So, Have you ever wondered why, when somebody t- starts to talk about something that's beyond your experience, you're suddenly not, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> why? Because what you're sure about is what you see, and you, by default, present yourself as normative that's the nature of flesh we are we are the center of the universe our own little universes and we decide that our measure is really what's reasonable that's what we do that's the that is the condition of fallen man that is the condition of uh, of that entered in with adam where suddenly rather than being oriented around god who sees become oriented around ourselves, and only what we see is real. Oh, I could go into that so much. There's another verse, series of verses in Romans 13, uh, verse 11 to 14. I'm going to read them to you. It says this, And do this, knowing the time that now it is time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord of Jesus Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Who's he writing this to? Unsaved people? Yeah, maybe. But also the saved because he's, the ex, these exhortations are throughout Scripture. Say, listen, this is your destiny. This is who you need to be. Come up into this. Come up into who you are. And, and the Spirit of God is saying come up into maturity. But there's nothing harder then, coming into maturity when you 've never had an example of maturity, we could talk a lot about that, but this is what God is doing. God is actually creating increasingly healthy versions healthy versions of mothers and fathers so that the children have something to mature into holy spirit holy spirit now i 'm I'm not trying to inform you of an idea. I'm trying, I am trying to release faith in you because faith is the catalyst for vision. We walk not by sight, but by faith. And, And your ability to see begins with believing that there's something to be seen. And so the Word of God, the preaching, the articulation of truth is there to cause an. Uh, an opening to happen, faith to begin to increase in you. And so don't think that I'm just trying to give you great stories and, well, great stories, It's a little pat on the back, right? <laughs> great jokes. But pray right now, God, I, I want to be awake. If there's something to be seen, I want to see it. I mean, can you can you imagine if we stand before God in heaven one day and in our lives, when they're demonstrated to us, when we're standing before the judgment seat of Christ, what we begin to see is this version that's like the zebras that we walked around in this, this state of half, a, half being awake and half asleep constantly. What a shock that would be. Especially when you realize, wow, I could have had more, but the decision was always mine to make. It was always mine to me. I remember uh, years ago, one of my mentors, Dr. John White, said, he was sharing a message. He said, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes to you and speaks to you something about your life, and it reveals something new, you realize you knew it all along. And if you've ever had a revelation about the activity of flesh or unforgiveness in your life, you realize that you were getting a glimpse of it for months leading up to the moment when that curtain fully revealed what it was. It's like, oh, I've been seeing that in my heart, but I thought it was my husband. And I thought, it, well, it was that circumstance that was bringing that out. And all of, us, all of a sudden I realized this is what it really is. And the the opportunity is here for us to to take the fast track to vision, to take the fast track to maturity, to either to either you know continue in denial. No, there's nothing more than what I see. There's nothing more. No, it's it's lies. It's nobody could be sure that sure about these things. These people that are talking about angels and the supernatural. You know, it 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 can't be that real to them because it's not that real to me. Lord, we could repent for that. So the, the, the point of the Word of God is to begin to show us these presumptions, these judgments we've made over other people, what we've decided about what can be known and what cannot be known, what can be seen and what cannot be seen. And the Holy Spirit is trying to roll back, roll back that, that what has been hidden to us You know, even in... We see this with the disciples, right? We see it constantly. Jesus saw something. We say, well, yeah, but that's Jesus. (laughs) But that was Jesus. (laughs) When did he ever let his disciples off to say, yeah, now, I'm going to do this, but don't expect. Don't expect you'll ever do this. I'm saying this. I understand this. But don't expect you'll ever understand this because this is way beyond your pay grade. No, actually, the inverse was true. He was always surprised at their dullness. He was always surprised at their unbelief. He was always surprised what they did not see. And he said, are your hearts still hard? Hey, what, are we, what do you think we're doing here, guys? This is what Jesus, like, what, really? You didn't see this? You couldn't see this playing out. You didn't know that the, the loaves and fishes, when I was talking about the loaves and fishes, I wasn't really talking about the loaves and fishes. How is your heart still hard? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, is an encounter after feeding the masses. He starts talking about beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the disciples start thinking, oh, it's because we didn't bring bread. Jeez. And he's like, no. Now, you know what? And I've had this discussion a number of times with people. You know what, G- what, you know what the, Jesus didn't allow to happen there? The disciples could have said, well, yeah, well, you weren't really clear. If only you had articulated more clearly you, what you were saying. He said, no, the fault is not with my communication. The fault is with your perception." So we do that, right? It's like, oh, you know that message that I don't know. I don't understand that. I, if you, if you actually, oh, that's what you mean. If you'd only said that five years ago, I did say that. I mean, I watch this progression in us as, as a church, where things that I've been talking about for years—I mean, literally years—suddenly I see it hit home with people, and they, wow, that thing, you know. And for many of you, you have, you have this testimony. I've been hearing this language for years and suddenly I came into a realization what it really means. How much of that is yet to happen? What if we could have it? What if our desire, what if our disposition, what if our commitment to erode the unbelief, the pride, the orientation around what I see, what if that could be rolled back and suddenly the things that what we don't see clearly could suddenly come into focus. That's what is available. That's what Jesus was telling his disciples. Listen, this is available to you. In between vision and blindness, between being the zebra and a human that observes the scenario, that knows what to do, that knows how to muster, knows how to deal with the enemy. What if... What if the attacks of principalities and powers on churches that causes division and hate and destruction in the lives? I mean, the countless lives that have been through this building that, have, that have, are not even serving God today because, well, the church is filled with hypocrites and we had this thing happen and that hurt me and I was wounded and, and, on, and on and on and confusion and accusation and broken relationships. And, and it just goes, I mean, it's Unbelievable. What if those things could be healed? What if what if we could be a family? What if we could function together? What if we could be aware that maybe it's not so much him causing me irritation as it is me being irritated? Yep. By him I mean Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Jesus is on the cross. He's on the cross. They have dishonored him in the, most, in the highest possible way. And still, what's flowing out of him is not irritation. It's God, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And I remember when I was in that place as a young Christian, I was bringing my complaints, my litany of grievances against the body of Christ. And you know what the Lord said to me? Yeah, well, then you be it. If the church has not been the answer, if they haven't been as loving as you think you require you deserve, then you begin to be that for others and provide an example of godliness, provide an example of forgiveness, provide an example of love. You be the answer. I, I, I could have... Yeah, but they're more mature than me. They're further along. They should know better. That may be true, but what is that to you? And that's what God always brings you to. He always brings you, yeah, but they're not you. I'm talking to you. What is available to you right now? How much can you see? I'm saying this because the capacity, the capacity that is there for us as believers is unbelievable. It's kind of a... The capacity for believers is unbelievable. I'm telling you, what if a level of creativity and vision and perception and the mind of God and power and authority and healing, I mean, the whole gamut, everything beyond what you can imagine was possible. Well, that sounds vaguely biblical, right? In the book, uh, The Final Quest, I think it is, Rick Joyner's in this vision, and he suddenly becomes aware that the body of Christ is not ready and there's an onslaught coming. I mean there's there's armies coming down and this group of people and they got arrows and they're ready to attack and 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 there's a, the body of Christ is largely largely, you know, it says it's like a woodstock atmosphere. It's like they're all partying and, and they're you know they're having a good time and and he says, Hey guys, uh, better get your armor on. There's an attack coming. He said, No, no, no. We're beyond all that warfare stuff, you know. Yeah, you know, with peace, brother. Peace, not war. They were giving him the peace sign. And then I can't remember the, the story, but in another occasion, they were so not awake that they couldn't even register that his voice that was calling to them to awaken them was not a demon. And so they're like, you know, half comatose and they start putting arrows in and <laughs> getting ready to shoot at them. That condition, being partially awake, partially asleep, this is why we are told to awake, to awake, to put off slumber. Well, how do you do that? How do you, how do you be awake? starts with this one thing. Starts with realizing it's possible to be more awake than I am right now. That's the first thing. The second thing, start being around those that are more awake. Start believing that they're more awake, that they see more than you, as opposed to the polar opposite, which is, no, 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 I, I see more than everybody else. So, I, you know, we, we can either live doubting the veracity of what others are saying, or we could doubt that we have as much as we think we have. And humility is thinking of others as more, as better than yourself. Well, that was always challenged with me, was with leaders. I thought, oh, I, you know, maybe you don't see this. Actually, I discovered that the leaders that I was walking with, at least, you know, in the last 15, 20 years, not only did they see, they could add to it. I met Rick Joyner back in the early 80s. and spent three days with him here in Edmonton. And I remember talking to him, and it was so refreshing because I realized that, that the things that I saw as a young, immature prophet, that he saw, not only did he see them, he could add to them. I thought, oh, there are people that see way more than me. I must seek them out that's it. to be mentors in my life. I, I have to find out what is it that you see. And you know what? That doesn't mean that suddenly I see everything. Because when I, when I talk to my wife, I, wanted, I want you to know my wife sees things I don't see. She sees things of a different dimension pastorally. I don't Wow, Well, that's not real. No. What I do instead is I, I say, okay. I don't see that. I release you. Do, do that. And I, I want to be affected by the compassion that arises you because of what you see. I want to glean from that gift that's in your life because I may not even see what you see. I, you know, tomorrow, the next week, the week after, I may not see. But I, I believe if I respond in humility to the grace that's on your life, I will be a benefactor of that grace. And that's the nature of the body walking together. That some of us will see things. And it's not for you to tell others what to do. It's for you to do the thing according to what you see. We like to do this in churches. We like to see something and then get the pastor to do it. Actually, that's not how it works. The fivefold ministry is given to release the people to be the body of Christ. To begin to care for one another according to what you see. Do you see somebody hurting? Do you see somebody who needs a friend? Do you see somebody who needs a meal? Do you see somebody who needs encouragement? Be that. I was so delighted. I, I was in prayer this morning. I peeked out the, the, uh, the door out there, and somebody, I couldn't even recognize who it was, was shoveling in front of the, the door. This, then we had this snow over the last week or so, I guess. I don't know. I was in Hawaii. <laughs> Did I mention but I was so delighted that this person had taken it upon themselves. They saw a need and they met it. They just did it. That's the body of Christ. You just do what you see needs doing. You be friend. You be a mother. You be a father. You be an encourager. You be a hub. You, you mitigate against unforgiveness and hard hearts. And, and you just love and care. love and care and then somehow that grace that's on your life starts to affect others around you so I had a few other passages ready and some other things but let me just finish with this I'm not going to turn to it but there was a moment with Jesus where the Lord spoke over him and said this is my beloved son I've shared this before so you know about this, but it's it's such an amazing template of Scripture for this idea of incremental vision. Incremental vision. So there's this voice that speaks from heaven. I mean, it's right there. It is a voice. It is the Father who says, this is my beloved Son, or something of that sort. I'm not going to go to it. And the people around him, it says, some said it thundered. Okay, so Jesus heard a voice of his father speaking, but to some, that voice was muted. There was all kinds of uh, dissonance in it. So it's like, did you hear something? Yeah, I, I think it was thunder somewhere off in the distance. But others were a little more acute, a little clearer. They said, no, 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 that wasn't thunder. That was like an angel. An angel spoke to him. And then, of course, Jesus. This is a voice. It's not a voice of an angel. It's not thunder. But my Father. Incremental vision, incremental perception. So the Spirit of God is saying, Awake, awake, awake. You've been born for more than what you have right now. Awake. 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 There is an awakening coming to the body of Christ, to the people of God, to anyone who will have it. Awake. Awake. Father, we say, oh, let, let the leaven of the Pharisees, the pride, the limitations, the unbelief, The doctrine of demons that have infiltrated into our lives to cause us to believe something less than the promise, something less than our true destiny to be sons and daughters. God, we want to orient around the invisible. We want to see what we don't see. And we want to believe those who have a testimony that they do see. So Lord, give us, give us a capacity. To lean in, this is the promise. In Jesus' name, I want the worship team to come. We're gonna we're gonna just finish this morning by singing a song, worshiping. But I want you to just lean into God, and I want you. You know, it may me may mean this. It may mean humbling yourself and say, God, forgive me for all the times I sat back and judge others. For not, for, the, for not actually having a viable or a real experience. Because I've, there are some of us that are sitting in this room that have judged others. Oh, that's just emotional. That can't be real. That person that's doing that, they're dancing, they're just trying to make a show of themselves. That person who's loud and obnoxious, they're just loud and obnoxious. They're not really worshipping God with all their heart. They're only worshipping to be seen. If you've ever judged somebody like that, I want to encourage you, roll back the judgments today. Roll back the assessments that you have made that are based on what you see. Roll them back. Because what binds us today are the words that come out of our mouths. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Let's stand up together. Now, we're going to start standing, but if after a little while, you, you need to sit down. Sometimes we need to sit down to focus, especially if you're older. Feel free to do that, but let's just start by, as a demonstration, Lord, I'm standing before you today to say, I want more. I want what's possible. When you became born again, a seed was put inside of you and that seed is not just an incrementally better person only slightly above what you are right now it's a whole other nature can you hear me cuz i can't even hear myself it's a whole other nature and your life is either manifestation of your old nature or your new nature so tell me which one do you see on a daily basis it, is it is it the jesus is it Is it the DNA of the Son of God? Is it the DNA of the resurrected Jesus? Or is it the best effort of a fallen person to be a morally improved individual? I don't want to be a morally improved individual. I want to be a transformed manifestation. Of the Son of God. I'm saying let the seed that was planted in us. Bring forth the nature of Jesus Christ. Lord we say. Nothing less than that. You were born. For such a time. For such a thing as this. Let me tell you. I believe the generation of the church is going into a new Dimension of the manifestation of Jesus Christ. And for us here, it begins with this. You know, there are times when you restrain your lower nature. And you know what? For some of us, that restraint of the carnal nature is the highest expectation of what it means to be a son of God. And I want to say no. That is not your ceiling. That is not your ceiling. Not even close that the restraint of the carnal nature is not what this is about. It is the exhibition of another nature. And yes, you should restrain the carnal nature, but that is not, that is in order, in order that the other might come forth. So don't stop in your expectation. Don't stop with saying, Oh, I have, I have done this. I forgave that person. I said the right thing. I did what I didn't want to do. That is not the end of the road. That's the barely the beginning. That's barely the beginning. That's restraining the weeds. That's not allowing the other seed to come forth. That's restraining the weeds. You should restrain the weeds, but that's not what this is about. Restrain the weeds, but there's something else. There's something put inside of you that will bring forth the image of the Son of God. That's what will change the world. Not you being a better person. That's what will change the world. The manifestation of that other thing. It's Him inside of you. The glory of Christ, the risen Son. That's what we're after. We'll sing this one more time. When we're saying, I am royalty, we're not saying we can be royalty. We're saying, no, a seed of destiny, of adoption, a sonship has been put inside me. I want that to come forth to change the world. That's what we're talking about. So, as we close the service today, my prayer is this. That when you see your brothers and sisters being something other than a manifestation of Son of God. I don't want you to condemn them. I don't want you to hate them. I don't want you to be offended at them. I want you to believe for better things. I want you to approach them as though you say, no, this is not who you are. This is not who you were made to be. I'm joining with you in believing that the seed of the image of the Son of God would be perfected in you. That's what a family does. This is not who you are. I believe that the Son of God is going to come forward from your life. So, Father, we pray today in the name of Jesus that our, there would be a quantum shift in our approach toward one another, a quantum shift in our expectation of what should be coming out of us. Lord, that we will not anymore live below the mark of what you had called us to be. I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen.